Are you sick and tired of that political news crap? Then listen to Poor Entertainment every other Tuesday, right here on the Journey into Comics Network. Journeyintocomics.com the following, following. The following. Is journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the Podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics 220. Damn, step back. That's a number I didn't... That's crazy. Welcome to another episode. How are you guys doing? I am your host, Nate. Hope you guys are having a fantastic start to your week. Chilling, relaxing, being all cool, shooting some b-ball outside by the pool. Okay, anyways, so... uh, have a lot of stuff going on, guys. Lots to get into today as far as podcasting world stuff is concerned. Uh, it's been kind of busy for me. I worked at one of my casino daily gigs last night, and uh, the event was kind of blasé. Not really a whole lot to comment, really. Like, there's not really much. But afterwards was really strange, and that's what I kind of want to talk about and start the show off with. And, and then I'm going to talk about some other things that have kind of happened and Get into the main topic of the show. We're going to finish with some news after that. But uh, to start, <clears throat> so I worked this gig last night and I get done. And it's like when it's 9.30, no matter what, it's done. And if we get done before 9.30, cool, we get cut loose early. It's great, you know? So it's like, boom, we get cut loose. And I have to, because I'm weird, I can't just like go on a different way than from where I came have to follow the exact route as best I can to get to where I was because otherwise I'll lose where I parked and shit, especially in these weird places with huge parking lots. So I go and I, ha- and the, the funny thing is when I got to this event, I parked way far away and it was just like cold and windy. And I was like, Oh God, this sucks. Cold and windy. And I walked the whole way, like cold and windy rain, you know, like just like damp environment. And the whole walk-in was just kind of shitty, you know. So I get up to the door, and I, I, like, go where I think I'm supposed to be going. I think I'm supposed to be going right. I'm, like, convinced I'm supposed to be going to the right in my head. So I'm, like, I'm supposed to be going somewhere to deal casino cards or some shit, you know. And this lady didn't know what the fuck I was talking about, so this other guy tried to help me. So I'm, like, in back of house of this fucking hotel thing, you know. And I'm just, like, hanging out back there, confused as shit as what what I'm supposed to do because... Very little directions in my job. They don't really tell you a lot. You sign up for a place, you show up to that place and deal. They don't say, hey, like there's a a main entrance you'll want to go through, or hey, there's a, you know, a special secret back door that you want to go through. So I, uh, you know, get in and the first lady doesn't help. And then I'm like, well, I got to find somebody else because if I don't find somebody else, I'm pretty much fucked and I'm not going to get to work tonight because I'm going to be fucked. So. I uh, found this other dude, he's kind of like standing around, I was like, hey man, I'm trying to deal, like go to deal these cards, like, I don't know where the fuck I'm going, and he's like, hey, this the guys in banqueting will help you, they'll know exactly where to take you, so he walks me over to this dude, and this dude's like, you, come with me now, and he seems like pissed off, and I'm like, bro, I don't work for you, dog, like, chill the fuck out, I don't even know you, who the fuck are you, you know, and he's like, come on, go this way, and he's like, see the guy in the blue shirt, he's in charge, and I was like, oh, okay, great. That guy isn't my boss and has nothing to do with me, but you just showed me 
where I needed to go. So thank you so very fucking much. I go in, I find my actual boss, Andy. I, what's up, Andy? How's it going? Blah, 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 whatever, do the thing. And then so again, now I'm going to, I have to go to the back of the house, kind of, because mentally I've been all turned around. So I, I just walk back to the back of the house because the doors are wide the fuck open. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm doing my thing. Special privilege because I'm an employee for this event, you know, whatever. It was just weird because there was like, security people but no one looked at me like i felt very much like the uh video game hitman if you guys have ever played that game one of my favorite game series actually it's a lot of fun you get to do a lot of like disguises and stuff but uh i just you know didn't set off any alarms because i looked like everybody else i didn't draw any attention to myself i was just walking away i was just doing my thing steady pace you know uh, so I go to leave, and there's like three security guards by the door, and they're looking outside. And I'm like, why are these guys just fucking looking outside? Like, let's fucking go outside, man. Fuck you. Like, what the fuck? So they all leave the door, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, it's pouring down rain, like extremely pouring, like monsooning. And it's cold, so it's like wet, or not wet, because obviously it's fucking rain, but it's really, really, really cold rain, like not quite snow, you know? So I'm like, oh, Fuck, I don't have an umbrella. I barely have a jacket. Like, I've got my phone and my fucking phone charger that has this crazy base that I now have to protect from the rain. Okay, this is going to be great. Lovely. Three, two, one, let's go. I go to step outside. I look down. There's a $5 bill in the rain. Just fucking chill, and I pick it up. I guess this is my reward for walking through the rain. So I just took my time, walked through the parking lot and whatnot, walked through the other parking lot that I had to go to. It was like a two-minute walk. Finally got to the truck, got in, was like freezing. And then the real drama started because I had to drive home. <clears throat> on my drive home, I saw many accidents. Like there were, there was like one on an overpass with a car that was super crunched up and had fallen a great distance it looked like and didn't look like someone could survive that. But I mean, I could be proven wrong and hopefully those people are okay. Uh, I saw another like fucking six or seven cars piled up next to each other with like three cops and ambulances and shit like uh, there was another car that had been spun out and fucking exploded and had the airbags completely deployed, but I didn't see any people. Like, I couldn't tell there were people in there or not. Uh, of course, I was driving by kind of fast. Like, it must have just fucking happened within the time of me being by it. And then there was another one that was just like a minor little fender bender looking dude or something. Maybe somebody had a flat tire or something. I wasn't really sure. Um, that was off to the side that I had also seen. But it was just like, fucking the rain was so bad the whole drive home. So I'm like, well, hopefully I don't wreck myself. Hydroplaned a couple times at a couple moments where I was like, oh, shit, I got to go home. And then there were some people driving like complete idiots, and that's one thing I hate. You guys have heard me bitch about stupid drivers before on the show. I hate idiot drivers. Drive smart. Think about everybody else. Don't drive just for yourself. Even if you're in a hurry, you can think about other people. Just be patient. You know, Do as best you can. If you recognize that like you're not going to get to somewhere on time, just accept that you're going to be late to whatever that thing is. Oh, shit. I think I talked over it, but joining us... The train of our existence, ladies and gentlemen. I really do hope it picked that one up. I tried to make sure that there was enough silence that you guys could hear it. Because Dick and AP sometimes are like, you know, when we're listening to the show, we don't ever really hear those. So it's like, it'll be there. If you put headphones on, you're definitely here. But I might even like up the volume on that just a pinch, just so you guys can really, really hear the train of our existence and how loud and close it is to the house. So anyways... Did the dealing gig, that was whatever, you know, got home and, and, and kind of relaxed. And, and, you know, today is Sunday. As I record this, I had to watch the Bears game. That was an unfortunate train wreck of craziness, close back and forth battle with the New York Giants. 
ends in overtime. You know, we only gave up three more points than what they did, and they beat us by three points. So it is what it is. Uh, it sucks sometimes, but it was a hell of a game. You know, the Bears fought in the game, stayed in the game throughout. They, uh, you know, really, it was really cool because they were down big, down 10 points with like a minute and 40 seconds left and came back, scored a field goal or scored a touchdown or field goal. They think they went the field goal first. They scored the field goal. Then they got an onside kick. They recovered the onside kick. So that's a miracle. Then they get down and they score a touchdown. That's a miracle. Tariq Cohen throwing a, the touchdown to end regulation to go into overtime. Uh, Tariq Cohen being a running back, which was awesome. And... Uh, you know, going to overtime and the Bears just couldn't get it done. Is what it is. Uh, eight and four Bears. Moving on from that, other things I've been doing. Oh, you guys, let's just get into this. This is Journey into Comics. I've kind of just been, you know, only spent about 10 minutes on Nate's life and the other shit that goes on in my world. But we have, uh, let me lick my chops here. Let me also bring my drink break to you, <clears throat> brought to you by Poor Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Spoiler alert, some possible changes coming to the poor uh, entertainment, poor news family. We'll see how this all shakes out. Um, so just, just uh, you know, shout out to AP. He's a great dude, and um, I've loved his evolution of podcasting, and I can't wait to see what's to come. Uh, so this drink break is brought to you by Poor Entertainment and the future. Oh, damn, I spilled on myself just a kind of tiny little bit. On my titty. That was, I have a wet titty during the podcast. Wet titty during the podcast might be the episode title. I don't know. Wet, that that might not be very marketable. We'll think about that one. I actually kind of know what I want to call this episode because we're going to get into it now, folks. I finally had an opportunity here in December to watch a movie that came out back in October in theaters that I did not go and see. I told you guys I'd be sure to review it here as soon as it came out. Wanted to talk about this movie. It is Sony's Venom. Okay. Now, let me preface this by saying when the movie came out, I'm uh, pretty sure that the week that movie came out, Blaine and Tyler hosted JIC 212, eight episodes back, eight weeks ago, right? They hosted JIC 212, every, gold stars for everyone. And uh, they did a spoiler-free review of Venom. And they talked about how good it was, how much they liked it, blah, 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 blah. Really hyped the movie up. You know, said Tom Hardy was fantastic in it. And and really said a lot of good things. Gave high hopes to me. Now, uh, it's funny because Tom Hardy is one of these dudes that I've said publicly like, Oh, I don't like him. But it isn't without trying. I give him a chance. Every movie I go into watching with Tom Hardy, I go, okay, if his character will draw me in, I'm into it. You know what's funny? I love Inception. I don't bitch about Tom Hardy at all. You know why? He's a good character. It's interesting to watch him in that movie. It makes sense. It's not as interesting or good in these superhero movie attempts he's been doing, you know? And uh, I'm just going to get into it, folks. So I sat down and at first attempt... To watch Venom, it bored me. It put me to sleep, genuinely. Mid-afternoon, Nate took a nap because it was not it was not doing it for me, okay? So I, okay, fucking shake it off, motherfucker. It's going to be okay. We're going to give it a second chance. I go again. I try in the early evening to watch this movie. 
Second attempt, I made sure to keep myself awake and entertained and watching throughout and thinking about the movie and whatnot. Okay, so I'm going to give like a little breakdown of like the synopsis of the movie. This thing crashes to Earth and in China somewhere there's this symbiote that's doing its own thing. And then they're in this lab and then you have Eddie Brock and then Eddie Brock is this reporter dude and he's got this girlfriend and she's hot, kind of. And then like um, she has access to some files and some shit. He kind of sneaks and looks over some shit he shouldn't. He kind of does her dirty in that regard. Never pays the price for that, by the way. One thing that really bothered me throughout the whole movie, he plays this girl dirty, and she does not get any payback for him being an asshole to her, like, other than the movie, which I guess was harmful enough. So, and it's funny, guys, because I'm going to break the movie down, like, logically, like, what happened in the movie, so you guys understand the actual plot, and then I'm going to kind of go into things I and, and what, I, what I feel about this film. So, uh... He goes to do this big interview with this Life Foundation and this dude who's, uh, I can't think of that fucking actor's name, Riz Ahmad maybe I think is his name, yeah I think it is, uh, so, uh, and Eddie uses the information he found on his girlfriend's computer and calls this dude out for these allegations and then like, essentially Eddie Brock gets blackballed and it's like that, um, I feel like Eddie Brock could have wrote a country song how they predicted his or how they like kind of played out his story in this movie because he loses the job, gets blackballed from getting any other jobs. The girlfriend is pissed because he cost her her, her job. So now she's lost her job as well and now she hates him. So she's tells him deuces that's something to note. The boss, one big pet peeve for this movie, right out the fucking gate, you guys. The boss for Eddie Brock is like, I'm sorry, Eddie, you could, you shouldn't have done this. Like, this isn't how we operate things. And Eddie's like, I got a feeling that he's a bad guy. And he's like, well, we don't work on, you know, uh, we're not gunslingers in the Wild Wild West, just working on hypotheticals, you know. But then he goes, have a nice life, Eddie. Have a nice life, okay? That's very important. So then when the girlfriend's dumping him, immediate next scene. She also says to Eddie, have a nice life. That's really fucking lazy writing, guys. Within like a minute and a half, there are two have a nice lives in the in the movie when that's your quote-unquote story arc you're trying to drive home for Eddie, which let me tell you what, as far as story arcs are concerned, don't come looking for a story arc in this movie because you're only going to find one kind of. We'll get into that in a minute. So... uh Eddie gets dumped from everything, and he's like, oh, whatever, and he goes to this fucking, uh, and it's kind of like they lay Eddie out with this thing where everything he does, he's being wronged, and there's nothing that he can do to stop it, which really drives the the quote-unquote loser point home, you know? Oh, this guy's just a mega loser, and here's the thing. It's not believable. Tom Hardy's buff as fuck. Let me tell you something, man. If I was fucking Tom Hardy and my across-the-hall neighbor was playing some shitty fucking guitar, trying to be great at guitar at, like, fucking 2 in the morning, I'd kick his fucking door down and blow his fucking amp up with my fucking foot through the fucking speaker. That's exactly what I would do, man, if I was fucking Tom Hardy and jacked like that and had no fear. Come on now. You're going to try to get me to believe that Tom Hardy... Tom Hardy. That he was, like, just like... I'm going to freak out, but I can't do anything because I'm just this weak little dude. Like, you're not a little dude, man. You're fucking Tom Hardy. You're buff as shit. Like, obviously. So, everything goes wrong for Eddie, and then 
while he can't find a job and everything's going wrong for him and he's complete like he's keeps like slipping deeper and deeper into the problem of life uh the chick from the life foundation is like eddie you were right all along and this dude is really being a dick and 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 testing on people because we've seen and now in one of the other scenes that 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 dude is putting the symbiote in these homeless folks and lying to them and the first homeless person the symbiote rejects it but here's the thing in the movie they say that every symbiote is attracted to its host meaning that it should not have even attempted to bond with the first homeless dude if they weren't compatible it should have killed him and just taken him out it was again another little thing that's we're gonna build into this into the story of Venom here. So, uh, so she tells him all about this, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna try to help you." And he goes and he like sneaks in with her, okay. And then he's deep, deep in there and taking pictures of shit. And he sees this homeless chick that he was friends with, who was like on the fucking. She's like living out on the street. And he was going to, like, get a newspaper, but she had them all, all these free newspapers. She's like, it's $5. And he's like, I'll give you $20. Just don't sing to me. But uh, she's in the, like, cage. No, let me out. And he, like, busts it open. So then the thing freaks out and everything, hell, all hell breaks loose. The symbiote, uh, she, the, the homeless chick, attacks Eddie. And this is how the symbiote transfer goes on. That's another strike against him. Bang, you fucked up yet again. We'll talk about that in a minute. So we're getting to all this, folks. I promise. There's so much to discuss here. So we are, you know, uh, Eddie is at home, and this is kind of like the trailer scenes you guys have seen where he's at home, and like everything's starting to act weird, and he's seeing things and hearing voices and getting thrown up against the wall, and what are you talking about, Eddie, or whatever, you know, and uh, and you know, then don't open the door, Eddie. And then he goes and opens the door, and then these fucking bad dudes, and then Venom kind of takes over, and this is where we get the real introduction of Venom or whatnot. And then, you know, it's kind of like, okay, so Riz Ahmed's character is pissed that the Venom is gone. He wants to hunt it down. They keep attempting to do it, but keep failing to get him, and, you know, they try and try, and Eddie goes to the doctor because he, like, and the scene with when he's venom, he's like eating trash and shit. It's weird, you know, because the symbiote's hungry or whatever. So jump forward a little bit later in the movie, and Venom's like, "Oh, it's not bad on Earth. It's it's kind of cool. Like, I don't want to kill everybody. I guess I'll I'll stay here or whatever." And then also he Venom bit the head off a thing, bit the head off a dude. Actually, he bit the head clean off a dude a couple times in the movie, and there was never blood. Okay, again, something that just doesn't compute with me. I'm not going to let it slide. We're going to get into all this here in a second. So uh, he, you know, uh, Eddie is doing his thing. And then eventually he is, you know, ends up going back to the ex-girlfriend who's got a new boyfriend. And there's there's like one pretty funny scene with lobster tank. And Eddie Brock sitting in a lobster tank and starts eating a live lobster. It was fucked up and weird but kind of hysterical too all the same uh so then he ultimately decides like oh i i, I probably should go to the doctor because they keep telling me to and the girlfriend the ex-girlfriend miraculously figures out that the uh 
that the CAT scan machine or whatever will remove the symbiote from him, which is really strange. And I'm like, I don't think so, Jack. That doesn't really, that doesn't really compute with me, because uh, she just miraculously knew that. Sure, this chick could be smart, but she traps the symbiote intelligently. Like, come on, man. And let's talk about this. Here's another thing. There's a a venom breakout scene with uh, like a motorcycle, and you've seen some of that in the trailer too. Some of the absolute shoddiest CGI I've ever seen. Uh, and again, we're going to dive deeper into that in a second. So, uh, ultimately, Riz Ahmed's character gets linked up with the Chinese lady symbiote from the very beginning of this, of the movie. She finds her way to America through a little girl. What the fuck? Like the symbiote does. And then Riot is born. So then Riot has this other plan that he's going to go and do what he can to shoot this rocket into space to bring all the other symbiotes back to Earth to inhabit this planet and take it over. And Riot's like got this like arsenal of weaponry built into him or whatever. And Venom's like, oh shit, like this is bad. Venom and Eddie are separated, like I said, and this is where things get interesting because Riz Ahmed gets a hold of Eddie and they're like trying to torture him to get Venom back, but obviously he doesn't have him. He doesn't know where he is. So they go to execute him and he's in the woods and then something takes out the bad guys and it's she Venom. Okay. So the girlfriend took Venom, which it was his idea, Venom's idea apparently, who Venom was hiding in a dog after he'd been trapped in the little like uh, cat scan room or whatever. Uh, I feel MRI room, maybe, maybe it was MRI machine. Yeah. So Venom gets back to Eddie and Eddie's got to stop riot. And there's like the long, big uh, obligatory CGI fight in the third act, uh, that, you know, ends with, uh, Venom ultimately blowing up the spaceship that riot is in and it explodes and as it's exploding, Venom like becomes a parachute for Eddie to bring him down slower into the water. And as that's happening, he's like, Goodbye, Edgy. And and then it, you know, he explodes because the explosion of the uh, rocket just disintegrates the symbiote. So Eddie, you know, lands in the water or whatever, and then he's okay, and then it flash forwards. They don't really explain him getting out of the water or, you know. Any repercussions for the Life Foundation for having exploded a rocket? None, none of these things are talked about. Uh, and then ultimately, uh, he's talking to the ex-girlfriend. And she's like, sorry for kissing you, but it was Venom's idea again, blah, blah, blah. blah. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, sure it was. It was you. And then uh, he's like, but Venom's gone. You know, it's done or whatever. And then you hear Venom go, oh, she's hotter. No, she's not or something. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what Venom said. He starts talking, though, and you're like, hey, wait a minute. They didn't even explain how Venom survived that or how he's still inside of Eddie or, or what. Like, you just saw, like, most, almost all of that symbiote explode. What? Like, excuse me, huh? That doesn't make any sense. Okay. So then... He goes to the little Asian lady's uh, head shop there to get some stuff like back at the beginning of the movie where he had been wronged and hurt her or where he had hurt her get wronged, but he couldn't do anything. And the dude comes back to like, you know, take up payment and uh, Venom bites dude's head off again. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man. So that's the movie. That's like the whole thing, you know, Venom, 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 Venom. And Venom looked kind of like the dogs in Infinity War a little bit like those uh, 
whatever they were, the outrider soldiers, you know, uh, from the Black Order. But, um, all right, so when those dudes hyped how good this movie was, I, like I said, had had some high expectations. Before I get too much deeper into the things I did not like about this movie, I do want to briefly say there are some good things. First of all, I thought that Tom Hardy wasn't bad. I didn't actually hate his portrayal of Venom. It wasn't awful. Uh, I didn't hate Venom, actually. The character himself was very well done. He looked pretty good for the most part. Didn't have the the spider on the chest, uh, and that's another big issue, you know. Uh, the, 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 the other thing I liked is there's some good comedy in this movie. There's some good comedic relief. They gave you moments where you could indulge in some laughter. It was not bad on that regard. Uh, however, uh, now, let me tell you guys this. You're hearing this on Monday. If you skip forward to Thursday in the week, Podcastrophe is coming up. I'm going to guest on that show, and I'm guesting tomorrow from the time you're hearing this. So Tuesday, the pod daddy, Nate, is going to be on Podcastrophe, and uh, my long-awaited return uh, in the house of Castrophe, uh, the den of Podcastrophe, the pod den Castrophe. I don't know what the fuck they're going to call it. The dick den, that sounds bad. Sounds like you're shooting a porno. We don't want to do that now. Uh, but we're, I'm going to be on there, and there's going to be some conversation had, and I'm not going to be angry but there is i'm just giving dick and tyler a little bit of a heads up on this podcast there's no way you guys can convince me that venom is a good movie venom has some good moments but venom as a whole is a bad movie venom as a whole is a stain on the character of venom because they cheapened it, because they took shortcuts, because there's no inclusion of Spider-Man. At the birth of this all, there are so many things wrong uh, from no thought process in multiple different things that happen, uh, from no, uh, you know, great movies you never have to defend. Great movies are fucking great. Yep, it's great. Can't argue that. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Deadpool 2. I'm not sitting here you know saying goddamn word. It's a good it's a good movie. It doesn't need defending cuz it does its job. This movie, however, uh so here's something that I noticed. The inconsistencies and in leaving threads hanging. I hate that. Tie up everything with a bow. Like I said in the earlier part of the review, the girlfriend, you know, he breaks into her computer, looks at these files that she has access to, but he does not because she's a lawyer. And uh, she, you know, he realizes that there's a suit coming against the Life Foundation for the accident when the shuttle crashed, which brought the initial symbiote back. And uh, it's just like all these little things, but. He does that to her. He wrongs her, and then she helps him throughout the whole rest of the movie unconditionally. Like, okay, sh sure, I guess. I'll let it slide. Okay, I'll let it slide. She's a nice person, and losing her career that she went to college for, and she was probably a partner at her law firm, uh, it's okay because Eddie Brock is an okay dude, and he has some crazy thing. Also, she sees 
Eddie become that? And she just normally responds to like, oh my gosh, what was that? And it's not like a... She doesn't run and freak out and scream and say, get away from me. Oh my God, you're a fucking creature. What the fuck? She's just like, oh, you're a monster. That is interesting. Drink break. So let's talk about some more stuff that goes on in this movie that's just inconsistent, weird, doesn't add up. There's not a single person that has any development of character except for Venom, who essentially goes from, I'm a symbiote here to destroy everything, to Earth's not that bad, Eddie Brock's not that bad, to I must save Earth in this one instance because what Riot threatens to bring is so much worse than what I could bring, and I'm a loser symbiote. I'm a loser symbiote. You know, so uh, there's just uh, the, the the lack of the lack of character building, like Riz Ahmed's character, no real character building. The girl that works for Riz Ahmed, no character building. The girlfriend, no character building. The girlfriend's boyfriend, no character building. The boss, no character building. Eddie Brock, not really any character building. Like he's just kind of the same dude and Venom just makes him tougher and, and, and able to do the crazy shit that Venom does. Uh, there were times in this movie that suffered greatly from the CGI blur effect. Many times. More more times, in fact, than I would say Black Panther, in fact. Okay? Also, going back to what I was saying earlier, there's a scene in the movie when Eddie's on the on the bicycle and they're doing the chase. You guys have seen some of this. Like, he had... He gets, at the end of that, he gets, like, all of his bones broken, and then, like, Venom takes him over, and that's when you see Venom full-on as Venom for the first time. But in that chase, two cars try to crush him, and Venom, like, holds the cars apart, and Eddie is in the bike, right? So you got Tom Hardy, and he's in the bike, and he's, like, in the symbiotes around him, and it looks like he's a floating fucking blob because the lighting is shitty, and things don't really look great, and the CGI is bad, so it does not look good. It's very bad CGI. They did not spend their budget well on how they did their CGI effects throughout this movie. Uh, and there were some other parts of that that are really good. I thought, actually, if you, you know, just add the Spider-Man S to that Venom, it's perfect. It is the perfect incarnation of what a movie Venom could be or could look like, right? The look isn't everything, though. Venom is a character himself. Funny, hilarious. That's actually what I really enjoyed about this movie, is his comic relief is very much like the comics. However, Eddie Brock's backstory, not quite like the comics, sort of, but not quite. Uh, They didn't give him cancer, and it's like, okay, let me guess, your idea not to give him cancer was because what? Deadpool had cancer. We can't have two movies in a year where the main superhero has cancer. That would be bad, the big C cancer. So, uh... They don't go that route like they did in the comics, you know, and here's my biggest complaint, and this is this is very, 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 very important, and maybe some people are like, no, Nate, I remember it differently, and this is how it actually went down, and I remembered it from the 94 animated series when J. Jonah Jameson went to space and brought the symbiote back, and that's how Parker gets it, and then that's how Venom becomes. Yeah, that's cool that they did that in the animated series of Spider-Man. It's great. It was a fun thing to do that was a little bit different. But that's because they couldn't start off doing Secret Wars. See, Black Suit Spider-Man doesn't exist until Secret Wars 8. Spidey is on Battle World. The symbiote had been locked away because it was like an abomination to humanity because it was too dangerous. And it's in this like thing that's in stasis and Spidey finds it and brings it to life. And it attaches to him and he has no idea. And it grows with him and he realizes he can control it and do all these crazy things. Create regular 
clothes for himself and he doesn't ever have to change it. You know, he's always in his suit essentially. So it's like very good. It's at some point he realizes it's bad for him. He gets rid of the, 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 uh, the symbiote. And then, you know, he keeps the black suit and the look, the look of the black suit remains. Like he still dug it. So he kind of like fashions up a black suit. that looks like how the venom suit looked. And then at some point, the venom symbiote takes over another person who finds Eddie Brock, who's found out he has cancer and is at the church to pray. And the symbiote finds Eddie and goes, oh, I'm supposed to bond with you. It makes sense. Boom. Bonds with Eddie, makes him stronger. And then he starts training. So Eddie Brock, though, had had this other backstory where uh, his big lead got kind of fucked up by Spider-Man and Peter Parker. So he has this like reason to hate peter and whatever so it's like this double thing the symbiote hates peter eddie hates peter it makes him much more dangerous you know and it's like sure this movie had like that anti-hero you know venom's the good guy begrudgingly kind of thing and that was fun and all but this is a good movie for dumb people like it's vapid there isn't a lot of thought to the plot like there are a million other better stories and better ways you can do Venom that would have done it so much more justice. Even briefly mentioning certain characters and their names and whatnot would have been better. Like, only character we get from the entire Spideyverse that isn't locked directly in clutch with Venom is J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, his son, John Jameson, is one of the people that's in the wreck that brings the initial symbiote. Or symbiotes, I guess. They all come in one go, right? So, you know what I forgot to talk about was the after credit sequence, and that is another big, giant, rotten stinker. Because here I am like, okay, this movie was... Had some entertaining moments, not a good movie. Had some entertaining sections, not something I would ever sit through willingly again. Uh, so ah, it's like, okay, fuck. Um, we got to talk about this after credit sequence and I kind of already knew what it was. Like I'd spoiled myself on what the after credit sequence was. I had read about it, but I wanted to see it in action and see how it played out and actually think about it from my own perspective. Obviously I want to give my own take on it. So Eddie's riding up to the, the San Quentin prison. He's on his bike and he's like, hey, man, this is a me thing. This isn't a we thing to Venom. And Venom's like, oh, come on, I can be helpful. And he's like, no, this is just for me. It's a big interview or whatever. I got to do it right. So he goes and he talks to this dude who's in the jail in San Quentin. They take him to this, like, dungeony place. In the dungeony place, there's a cell. And in the cell is a smaller cage that's a cell. And this dude is in, like, ultra solitary confinement, like, fucking purgatory. And it's this guy, and he's talking about, do you want me to turn the serial killer up for you? Because I can, or I can just be chill. Like, doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. All the people I've killed, all the things I've done. You know, I'm going to get out of here someday. You you quote me on that, Eddie Brock. One day I'm going to get out of here, and there will be carnage. And I'm like, come the fuck on. This is the Robin shit from The Dark Knight Rises all over again. A one-line drop to kind of tease the possibility. Okay, Woody Harrelson. No, terrible choice for Venom uh, or for Carnage. Here's why. He's not a natural redhead. He did not look good in that wig. It was just bad. 
Uh, sure, you're ex- you want to expect him to play the CGI version, and maybe that's where you should have cast him and had somebody else do the the normal side of Cletus Cassidy, the human side of Cletus Cassidy. Uh, but I don't like the one line drop. I also don't like that it's possible that maybe a different symbiote that's not Venom is what creates Carnage. Carnage is the son of Venom. Venom breaks off of Venom. He breaks a piece of himself off and goes and becomes Carnage, okay? Because uh, the symbiotes, they uh, are asexual, so they, uh, what do you call it? They reproduce like every, once every generation, like every 10 years. So he creates Carnage, okay? And then at some point, Carnage creates his own son, Toxin, who is the grandson of Venom, right? So you've got all these symbiotes, and there's all these things I don't think they're going to do them right. I just, I don't see it. It's going to be, it's bad, folks. This movie was bad. There's not a redeeming quality to it, really. Uh, there were moments in the movie also where Venom looked like the darkness. If you've ever played that game, the darkness is one of my favorite series. Seriously, like all time. So uh, there were moments where I felt like I was seeing the darkness and not Venom. Uh, when the you know the venom had come around and talked to him and whatnot, uh, it was just ah. If I were to rate this out of five stars, I'm gonna say I give Venom a one point five out of five, and the point five extra is for comedic purposes. I don't hate Tom Hardy in this movie. I think he did okay. Uh, I there are some other casting choices I'm not really thrilled with. Lack of any real substantial story throughout really bothers me. Like, the fact that there's not something deeper in this movie. Like, okay, sure, it was entertaining. But when I, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like I'm uppity or some shit. But I like substance to my stories. I like thinking on a story when it's done. Or I like trying to understand the motives or understand the reasonings and whys. And there's none of that in Venom. It's just like, yep. This symbiote took over this dude and fought this other symbiote and blew him up, and that was pretty much the movie. And you know, no cops were involved. You know, no real, you know, real craziness was involved. Like the, you don't see the news reporting on a ton. Of, like the movie just didn't have it all for me. It wasn't. I don't know how this movie has made so much money, and I, we're gonna talk about that in a minute as well because I've got some stuff here. I want to talk to you guys real quick about. Uh, and Tyler, he's going to be like, oh, fucking Rotten Tomatoes, fuck them or whatever, but Rotten Tomatoes, you know, like, uh, they are the best place to get some reviews because it gives people kind of like that thought across the board. So I don't know how Venom makes $843 million uh, in 2018 in a couple months here, uh, making it the fifth highest grossing movie of 2018 obviously infinity war topping that black panther second jurassic world fallen kingdom at third incredibles two at fourth and venom rounding that out at fifth meaning that uh the worldwides of 2018 venom actually beat out deadpool 2 but i don't understand how and i mean that because uh the tomato meter gives it a 29 percent. it's rotten it's rotten folks uh, 82% gave it a fresh count, but there are 203 counts of rotten, an average rating of 4.4 out of 10. Uh, now, the audience score gives it a 80%, uh, 
an 86% that is, 4.3 out of 5 as an average rating with 33,000 people uh, talking about it. But it's like, uh, let's see what some of these reviews say. Let's see if there's anything that hits home. Uh, the Venom symbiote requires a perfect match to bond with its host, otherwise the host is doomed. The Venom movie plays like a midnight horror that has invaded a superhero movie. While there are some laughs to be had, it's far from a perfect match. Bingo, that guy gets it. Uh, is it a comedy? Is it an action film? Venom makes no pretense of being anything more than a superhero film. Trading the thematic material presence in most major superhero ventures for biting off people's heads. Again, no blood there. Uh, feels like comic book adaptation that was scripted in the late 90s, filmed in the mid-2000s, given CGI facelift in the last couple of years, but not a good one. That's actually a great thing. I do think it, it has that like 90s script, but filmed in the, like it could have been in the X-Men era for sure. Venom is fun, but it's not good fun if you understand. Yeah, it's like a movie that's fun to make fun of. Like, oh my God, how can they make that such a terrible decision? Oh my God, how can they do that stupid thing? Like, are they even trying? This is lazy writing. This is poor editing. This is poor thought process throughout. You know, it's just like, they did not do it for me on any on any uh, on any token. A dumb script, bad CGI, poor plotting, all combined to make the film that feels as though it's a bad joke at someone's expense. Uh, but yeah, I I uh, I'm not a fan, guys, and I don't think you know. I always say this, and I will say it again: go do your own research, watch the movie on your own time, give me your own opinions. Uh, but to me, this movie is unredeemable. I cannot wait to blow this up and deeply talk about it with the guys on Podcastrophy tomorrow, as you're listening to this, um, and Dick and Tyler. It's going to be a good show, guys. I can't wait. Be prepared to go a real long time. we got lots we could probably discuss and nerd out about and whatnot, and I'm just going to let you guys run the show, and I'm going to hang out and have a good old time. So, uh, guys, that's it for my Venom talk and how frustrated I am at that shit. Uh, I have some other news that I need to cover. We're going to do that now. Uh, here we go. Oh, also, I want to briefly mention, I'm going to do a quick spoiler on some shit, guys. I'm going to break something else down for you, because if we're going to do a quick rant on like Venom not being good, there's another thing that happened in the comic book world that I think was not super good, and that is the mid-season finale of The Walking Dead. While I have not actually watched a single episode of series, what is it, nine now, I guess, uh... I've been kind of keeping tabs and reading some of the things that have been going on and whatnot, and Rick Grimes' departure and all these things, but uh, the thing they did most recently is unforgivable, and I'm really hopeful uh, that, you know, uh, this show ends soon, because it's, it's losing steam. They fucked up. They should, they should totally have kept... The comic book story, I say it every time, you guys. It's such a good story. The story of the comic book, literally, go read it. Like, read it from episode or issue one to issue 189, 85, 86, 186, I think it is. Uh, that's getting ready to come out in a couple days here. So, uh, and we're going to get, so we're going to get caught up on the, don't worry, guys. We are going to eventually get caught up on The Walking Dead. I'm kind of letting a couple issues back up. I need to go see where the last episode or last issue we discussed was and then really dive in and catch you guys up on everything that's happened since then, which will be a great reread for me. I've already read these all once, but just to kind of dive back in and get even further into it. So, The Walking Dead, what did they do? They fucking killed Jesus, man. What the fuck? Jesus is one of the best characters in the comic. 
one of the best characters in the entire comic arc. He's some of the most poignant scenes in the story. You murked his ass out at the jump of the Whisperers? That's it? That's your grand play? You stupid fucks? Come on, man. And if you're still watching the show, why? Please go read the comics. It will save you from all this heartbreak of stupidity that the TV keeps throwing at you. Just because they're killing people off doesn't mean it's a good thing. It used to be an interesting plot device when they interestingly killed somebody in the wrong order, in the wrong place, at the wrong time. But not a major character like Jesus, who obviously Tom Paine was being totally underutilized in that series anyways. So I just, you know, it's like, man, stop fucking with the source material, you guys. Keep the source material. It's not that hard. All we want is it to be similar, if not dead on, to what we read and experienced as a kid. You can tweak it in little ways to make things some things better, you know. You can reflect on a story and go, okay, there's a couple little things here we can tweak just a little bit to make just a pinch better or make it a little bit more with the times. You know, Watchmen did a great job of that and, and changing things to be a little bit more modern-esque than how it actually happens in the, the actual graphic novelization of the Watchmen. But, you know, I just... Uh, I feel like people just keep doing shit dirty. And I also read that they're not going to do stuff with Negan Wright in, in the TV show now. And that upsets me because that's maybe the best, hands down the best part about the comics, was the evolution of, of Negan. Obviously, you know, if you're watching the show, that they killed Carl off. And uh, with Carl's death comes... The, the hole that needs to be filled with this guy that is Negan, who in the comics mentors a young, a growing Carl Grimes uh, to do the right thing in a lot of situations and actually even goes uh, as far as helping Rick Grimes and saving uh, Alexandria and stopping the Whisperers. So maybe they do that in the show, maybe they make Negan a little bit better, but I don't think so because they've already said they might not do it, and that's frustrating. So anyways, folks, keep the source material. Let's get into the news now. I'll stop bitching. Stanley's cause of death was found out, guys, and according to TMZ, uh, he pretty much died from heart failure and respiratory failure. He had aspiration pneumonia, so uh, he was old really old and time got him and that's all you can really say about that it's sad stanley is still dead and there's nothing that can undo that you know uh i guess uh that stanley was actually cremated and his remains were given to his daughter jc probably smart that way people don't try to like dig up his body and desecrate it people are fucked up and weird you know um, keeping in with Marvel stuff here, folks, Jeremy Renner has kind of teased some possible Avengers 4 footage. He was at an event, uh, what was the event here? He was at Tokyo Comic-Con and revealed that he'd be seeing footage of the movie here in a couple short days, but he said, quote, I can't tell you anything. Now, it could be possible that maybe he is bluff-teasing, saying that he is going to be seeing this footage when really we all are going to be seeing this footage. It has been long since rumored that early December was going to be the drop time for the trailer for Avengers 4. As we stand right now, ironically enough, day 220 without an Avengers 
for trailer. So we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're losing days here. We're getting into the, uh, Hundred days or less here in the near near future. So obviously they're going to want to get some marketing out there. It's going to be a big moment. People have already been hyping on it. It's really interesting because it's like a never-ending hype bubble. They know that they can let this thing build to a fever pitch because Marvel Comics, Marvel Cinematic Universe, is the hottest thing in superhero movies, and it's one of the hottest trends in all of movies. Obviously, you can see that with how the box office numbers blow up for these things. Marvel comic movies done right and fans turn out in droves. Sometimes they slip stinkers through. Iron Man 3 did get through. It's not the greatest movie on Earth. It's okay. It has a pretty good story. Lots of story arcs for character building. And that's where it's important. Uh, so let's see what other stuff we have here for Avengers 4, because we got some more stuff going on. Dolby Cinema actually throwing some shade at Avengers and the Russo Brothers. Uh, Dolby Cinema tweeting, Hallmark Movies in Five Words. Where is the Avengers trailer? Hashtag at, or at Russo Brothers. So it seems that Dolby really wants it because it's going to help their business as well. People go, sometimes people go to see movies they know have a trailer attached to it just to see it in IMAX because the trailer in IMAX is going to blow your mind. And Dolby, obviously... They are all about the sound and everything too. So I, uh, I really want to see this, man. I'm, I'm, I, stop teasing us with it. People are so upset that there is no Avengers four trailer. They're actually downvoting other Marvel videos that are coming out around this time because they are trying to demand Marvel give in. Give us the Avengers 4 trailer. Start disliking Marvel videos now until the trailer comes. Avengers 4 trailer question mark. Avengers 4 trailer question mark. Us, we need the trailer. Marvel, what? You want a video on Deadpool? Sure, here you go. Where's the trailer to Avengers 4? People are at a fever pitch and they want it, so give it to us. I mean, Marvel fans are are, are petty because they're saying, fuck you, we're going to go dislike other videos of yours. What the fuck are you going to do about it? Nothing. You're not going to do a damn thing. Another drink break brought to you by Poor Entertainment. Thanks, poor boy. Avengers Infinity War directors reveal the real reason that Netflix Marvel characters were not included in the movie. And here it is. Uh, the real reason they were not connected came down to making sure the story didn't become too convoluted. According to a panelist, they talked about involving the Netflix Marvel characters in Infinity War, but they say it was too complicated to correlate story between not only the Marvel films in production, but also the TV productions. They decided the best way to tell the story was to keep it MCU. It was also revealed that Hugo Weaving was asked to return and reprise his role as Red Skull, and that's all the Russos would say. I'm assuming he turned it down. The Soul Stone was the last stone in writing for them to come up with. Hmm. Damn. Uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting, the reason that they didn't use the Netflix characters, because it is possible they've all been, uh, dusted, uh, as folks, I'm sure you've heard, Daredevil 4, uh, joining Luke Cage Season 4, I think, or 3, Iron Fist Season 3, and Daredevil Season 4 not being renewed at Netflix, canceled, in fact, by Netflix, 
According to a new report from Deadline, Daredevil has officially been canceled after three seasons on Netflix. Marvel's Daredevil will not return for a fourth season on Netflix, the company said in a statement to Deadline. We are tremendously proud of the show's last and final season, although it's painful for the fans. We feel it best to close this chapter on a high note. We're thankful to showrunner Eric Olson as uh, the show's writers, the stellar crew, and incredible cast, including Charlie Cox as Daredevil himself. We're grateful for our fans who have supported the show over the years. While the series on Netflix has ended, the three existing seasons will remain on the service for years to come, while the Daredevil character will live on in future projects for Marvel. Ooh. So see, it's like a tit-for-tat thing, because does that mean in saying that there he could live on in future projects for Marvel that he could show up in, his, in, in the MCU now? Does it mean that he could have his own solo movie now? I mean, you've done the Netflix thing, you've tried it, it didn't go bad necessarily i haven't even watched season three yet honestly i need to catch up um shocking though they're not renewing for a fourth season um i'm just you know uh there's actually i want to i do want to mention this that there's a an industry expert um alan sapinwall an illustrious industry writer and chief television critic for rolling stone uh kind of outlines the fact that it is very possible for Disney and the new Disney Plus streaming service to start over from scratch creatively. Um, you know, the, he wrote uh, back in 2014, uh, said that it was a doomed partnership citing Disney's foray into the booming streaming business as the cause, which, of course, we're seeing. So it's like almost like retaliation. You see Disney Plus come out, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil, all been canceled. Uh, it, Marvel has released an official statement. Marvel said on Wednesday, Marvel is extremely grateful for the huge audience that loved Marvel's Daredevil. Uh, from the moment of young Matt's first act of heroism to the birth of Paige, Murdoch, and Nelson, it has become it has been an unbelievable journey. We are incredibly proud of the amazing showrunners and writers, starting with Drew Goddard and Stephen DeKnight. Mark Ramirez and Doug Petrie and Eric Olson, Charlie Cox, Deborah Ann Wool, Eldon Henson, Vincent D'Onofrio, and our cast who brought our characters to life with such excellence, and every one of the fantastic crews in NYC. We look forward to more adventures with the Man Without Fear in the future. Hmm. So what's going to come next? Will it be that? Will he do a movie cameo? That would be awesome. Will he uh, maybe appear in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? That would be cool. Um, I don't think that's going to necessarily happen, but we'll see. I think the Disney Plus thing's a good idea. Hulu could happen, possibly. There's other deals Marvel has. Solo film, as we said. Oh, my God. A Daredevil Spider-Man team-up movie for the third Spidey would be dope. If done right. Maybe Spider, maybe Peter Parker fucks up and does something stupid. Has to have some legal defense. His legal defense turns out to be... Matt Murdock, Matt Murdock kind of can sense Spidey, Spidey can sense him, you know, they end up bumping into each other in the night, there's the reveal that they know each other already, like, oh, it's me, Peter, oh, shit, it's, 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 it's me, Matt Murdock, and then they can go and, like, stop some baddies, maybe even stop Kingpin in a huge heist-type movie, that'd be interesting, uh, does this all mean, though, that Netflix is also preparing to cancel Jessica Jones and stop it from having a third season, uh, or ha stopping it from having a fourth season because the third season is actually currently in post-production right now, 
And The Punisher, will they stop it from having a third season because it's currently in its second season uh, post-production right now as well? Uh, I don't know, but I do think that it's, it's it just makes sense. They're all going to get cut kind of. We're at the point right now where uh, Netflix is kind of making a stand and saying, look, um, you're going into your own streaming service. You're going to have all this attention. You're going to bring characters we've asked for maybe. You gave us these kind of like B-level characters to fuck with and you know limited what we could and couldn't do, limited how much we could connect to the MCU in actuality. Maybe it's better this way. Maybe Disney Plus having a surplus of characters to play with entices people like, oh shit, well you can go see fucking Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Oh, that's a spoiler alert because that's what's coming up next. Vision and the Scarlet Witch is a reportedly set to premiere in 2019, meaning it's probably got to get into production here soon. Um, a report from Deadline reports that Scarlet Witch will be in a show called Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Um, it will be launching, the character will be a title character for the first year with the launch of Vision and the Scarlet Witch, a Disney streaming services series. Deadline's Jeff Bocher wrote. So, seems like it will be like The Mandalorian, probably Loki, Vision and the Scarlet Witch, and maybe one other thing, who knows, uh, that will be like kind of the debut of Disney having their own service. See, it's interesting because these solo streaming services have libraries. Uh, for example, DC streaming, a lot of, if not all of the you know DC stuff is on there. So it's all in one place. If you're a fan of it, you're, 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 you're consuming direct from the source. That's amazing. Same can be said about Disney Plus when this comes out. You'll be able to get it direct from the source. So uh, to see... To see what's to come for Marvel and stuff, I'm, I'm really looking forward to. As I, you know, as I was saying though, uh, with the, with the Disney Plus thing, uh, you've also got the Mandalorian. To talk not about Mandalorian, but to also talk about Episode Nine that's coming. Uh, there was a picture, and I don't really. I gotta like look at this, I guess. But it was. Um, let's see, it's, I'll just read this, I, I'm gonna actually read this article, folks. Star Wars fans still awaiting official look on episode 9, instead having to settle for a number of grainy, out-of-focused leaked photos from the set, while a Wrinkle in Time director, Ava DuVernay, has given us our best behind-the-scenes look at the film, sharing a photo, uh, of second unit director, Victoria Mahoney's production office. Uh, she posted a series of images in Mahoney's office with the image posted to the walls immediately catching our eye. It's unclear how an individual in a pink fur coat with a dark Vader helmet could inspire the upcoming film, but we can cross our fingers that such a character makes a cameo. Another image that jumps out to us is the iconic opening crawl. While we couldn't help but hope this was a tease for the official crawl for Episode Nine, it's actually the crawl for From Force Awakens. Other recognizable images include a still from Aliens, 2001 A Space Odyssey, as well as images from the interior of the Falcon. It also makes sense that she shares her enthusiasm with the project as she was the one who originally confirmed news of Mahoney's involvement as the second unit director. So, uh, yeah. I, they don't really give you anything. I thought that was going to be a bigger payoff on the story, but it's kind of a weird tease. There is an individual that's in a pink fur coat with a Darth Vader mask. From this angle and the way the lighting hit it, it kind of looked like the person in the Darth Vader mask was smoking a, a joint or possibly a cigarette. Um, but I guess that's not the case. Uh, uh, back to some Marvel news. 
Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse launching with a 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes. The first reviews for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse have arrived. Currently, it's fresh at 100% on the tomato meter with 18 reviews. Let's go to it. Let's read some reviews. Let's talk about this. This is pre-release hype. 94% of people wanting to see it has 100% tomato meter review. 53% counted fresh. So, uh, the greatest triumph and biggest surprise of the film is that... uh, the film is that it is an LSD freakout on par with 2001 A Space Odyssey, the best standalone film to feature the iconic characters so far. Spider-Man, these are all separate. I'm just reading them fucking top to bottom. Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse represents some of the best superhero storytelling on the market. This is the seventh Spider-Man feature film in 16 years, but this universe has rarely felt so fresh. The film's wild and contradictory aesthetics, elements of which clash against each other like some kind of dissonant cartoon jazz, dazzling explodes explodes the outmoded idea that superhero movies have to look a certain way. Another person, what distinguishes Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse in the end is that it takes the mission seriously, even when it's being transparently silly. Another review saying, though through irreverent humor, Progressive creative choices and emotion. Spider-Man of the Spider-Verse succeeds in expressing that anyone can wear the mask. Another person saying, Living in this curious intersection between stop-motion animation, comic book styling, and street art, Spider-Verse comes closest to the sensation of reading a comic book. Another person saying, At a time when superhero movies are everywhere, um, and many have become jaded to the tales of costume heroism, Spider-Man of the Spider-Verse explodes on the screen with a new lively take on the character and the genre. So colorful, I just want more of it. One of my favorite movies of 2018, period. Into the Spider-Verse is one of the best movies of the year and one of the best animated films ever. Into the Spider-Verse is a remarkable achievement and is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Holy shit, man, people are hyping this. And that was just the first few. Uh, now, I really, really, really want to see this movie. It does come out, uh, what's the release? Like the the 14th, December 14th. So it's going to kind of come out during a really, really busy weekend for me. I really would have liked to, uh, maybe I can still find a way to pull that off. I don't think I can, but we'll see. I really wanted to see this movie, uh, but I don't think that's going to be happening. We'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. Uh, maybe I can go stag and see it in theaters the night it drops. Uh, written by Phil Lord, directed by uh, Peter Ramsey and Rodney Rotham. Sony Pictures released. Uh... Jake Johnson is Spidey, Leave Schreiber in the movie. Man, I'm uh I'm looking forward to into the Spider-Verse, folks. Legit. Another movie I'm looking forward to that comes out two days before that, ten uh nine days from now, actually, is Deadpool, Once Upon a Deadpool. Uh it officially has been released that it has 20 minutes of new footage that they filmed for the movie, as well as they took a funny cheap shot with Julian Dennison saying that this was one of the best movies of 2018, and no one died at the end. Which, if you've seen the movie, you can confirm is absolutely true. Now, one thing they can also say with one of the most recent trailers for Once Upon a Deadpool, they censor Fred Savage saying, and I quote, This is PG-13, and we only have one F-bomb. We have to use it wisely, or something to that effect. Okay, okay, so... Uh, Deadpool creator Rob Layfield has seen Once Upon a Deadpool. He is a supporter of R-rated superhero movies, but gives the re-release his seal of approval. 
He says, now I can confirm the most formidable opponent that Deadpool has ever faced is none other than Fred Savage. Trust me when I tell you that Once Upon a Deadpool contains some of the very best, most vicious humor, and unforgettable sequences of any Deadpool film to date. Sure, they could have just assembled a PG-13 airplane cut of the movie, but no. Ryan cooked up one of the most daring and insane outings this series has seen. I had no idea what I would experience, but when it was over, I walked down the movie with some of the funniest and most outrageous moments. Hysterical. This is a huge swing over the fences. Inspiring. Fred Savage versus Deadpool is a treat for the whole family. I'm taking the entire family back for multiple helpings. Every time I think that the entire live-action Deadpool experience couldn't get any better, it somehow improves upon the last one. Can't wait to talk about this one uh, more. Two swords. Way up. Hmm. Man, and also, as they said, that every ticket that's sold during this time of year, every dollar for every ticket sold, a dollar is going to be given back to the Fuck Cancer um, Society Fund, which is going to be renamed Fudge Cancer just for this limited time um, because of the PG-13 ness of it. Uh, we're going to depart ourselves from Marvel, jump into some DC news, and get ourselves out of here, folks. As we journey right along in search of good time and good news, rock steady. The people behind your Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, and Arkham Origins are not Arkham Origins. They did Arkham Knight, Arkham City, and Arkham Asylum. Origins was Warner Brothers uh, Canada, I think. I'm not sure. Rocksteady has said Superman is not the next game they are working on. Today, Rocksteady confirmed that it is not only revealing its next game at the Game Awards in 2018 on December 6th. That's only three days away. But that the next game will not be Superman. It begs the question, what is the next project? Presumably it's DC-related, but at this point, it may not be. Whatever it may be, we know that it has been in development for quite some time. Uh, Back in 2015, they teased it, um, and it's kind of been teased ever since. What are some possibilities what the game could be? It could be Justice League. It also could be Arrow or any other DC character. Or something new entirely. Maybe it's a completely original concept that they've come to. Uh, I think it'd be awesome to have a Justice League game. If I were to do it, it would allow you to play through multiple times. Every character you play as, you get a different experience. Fully, fully different experience. Not just like, oh, now you're the Flash in the same storyline that Batman had. Like, if I play as the Flash, more of the Flash villains are at play and fuck with me. And I have to stop them and run through the city and they can have like some sort of speed time thing that you can do. And, you know, as you're running maybe throughout the thing to keep your speed meter going, you have to like collect uh, flash tokens that keep your speedometer up so you can run really fast and you can run out of juice, though. Um, And of course, maybe they can give like bonuses and make you faster for every like 10 or 20 coins you get or some shit. Who knows? Uh, but then you could also have like Aquaman and have Cyborg and Superman and 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 you could really even introduce other characters. You know, obviously Wonder Woman, but uh, Martian Manhunter would be great to introduce to that. Uh, if you do just a solo character, it would be interesting to do an Arrow story, but it's kind of Batman again, like but with bow and arrows. So it's kind of like the Lord of the Rings games, I guess, uh, with Legolas. Not really sure I'm into that or Aragon. Who shot the bow and arrow? I can't remember. I'm just looking forward for whatever Rocksteady reveals. Let's hope it's Justice League, because if Rocksteady has a Justice League game coming, I'm sold. Fucking there, 100%. It'd be crazy if they swerved us. It's the Avengers. You didn't see it coming. I know that's not coming, but it'd be funny. All right, to continue, uh, 
I actually can't read this next couple things because uh, I haven't seen the episode yet. Titans is so good, folks. I'm ca- I'm almost caught up. I just got one episode to watch, and then I'm fully caught up. And I really want to talk about it with you guys. I'm just not there yet. It's going to happen soon. But uh, someone asked Kevin Smith this question on Twitter, and he actually responded. Someone said, uh, sometimes I wonder what really happened between Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith that made them not talk to each other. Kevin Smith said, if I had to guess, it's because one of us had a big mouth and told too many candid stories that sometimes weren't his to tell. And the other one is Ben. (laughs) So, essentially, he's saying it's his own fault for saying too many things aloud and, you know. Uh, Apparently, Smith explained he accidentally got Affleck into a bit of trouble during a celebration for chasing Amy's 20th anniversary by telling... A uh, story about Affleck's reaction to a scene in the film when Affleck kisses co-star Jason Lee on the lips. When I gave him the script, I said at one point in the movie, you end up kissing Jason Lee, and I contextualized it as I set up the story. You've got to remember, this is 96, and young Ben Affleck said, kissing another man is the hardest acting challenge an actor will ever face, or something like that. It was a true story about a young fucking kid with a completely in a completely different era. The story got a little more attention and trouble for Affleck as the quote was repeated out of context. If you're Ben Affleck, one time you probably see my name in relation to how I make your life harder in some way. So, yeah, it's uh, it's sad. Last thing I want to cover here is uh, Empire releasing the first picture of David Harbour. He played uh, Hop in uh, Stranger Things. Uh, They released... A picture of him as Hellboy, and it actually looks really, really good. I'm really looking forward to the Hellboy quote-unquote reboot, possibly. I mean, it is 2018, and we do have a kind of better grip on superhero movies. Maybe they can take a better crack at Hellboy, even though Ron Perlman and the original Hellboy movies, I can't say anything but good things. They were both great. Was the second one the Golden Army or the Golden Circle of Hell? or I don't remember what it was, but they were both fucking great. I love those movies. We're going to do one last refresh, see if there's been any late-breaking news while we were on. Uh, Any good late-breaking news? Oh, wow, okay. That is some late-breaking news as a new report has come out, and we're going to get to it. The last few weeks have seen a whirlwind of speculation and false reports over Marvel Studios' trailer for Avengers 4 and now Captain Marvel, but while Marvel has yet to announce anything themselves. That hasn't stopped the rumor mill from buzzing, and now it's sounding like the next Captain Marvel could debut sooner than we thought, and before the first look at Avengers 4. But fans won't have to wait too long for their first look at the sequel to Infinity Wars. Rumors also indicate the first teaser is also coming this week. According to entertainment YouTuber John Campia, Marvel Studios will debut the new trailer for Captain Marvel at halftime during Monday Night Football game tomorrow matchup between the Eagles and the Washington Redskins. I cannot believe that timeout. Let's cover this for a second. Comicbook.com refusing to write the Washington Redskins. They wrote Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team. Write Washington Redskins. Jesus fuck. Marvel fans and blogger Daniel RPK and Manabite have also been dropping teases all week, confirming that Captain Marvel news in the wake of the Campia tweet. They also purported that the Avengers 4 trailer will come out on Wednesday, December 5th, possibly during the episode of Good Morning America. Of course, until Marvel Studios or Disney proper 
actually confirms this. We cannot reasonably say that fans should expect it, but they might not announce it in advance as they normally do, considering Disney's recent track record. Fans new to watch the episode of Good Morning America in advance because Disney promised the first teaser trailers for both Infinity War and Captain Marvel. They also advertised the first trailer for Star Wars The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi before they debuted during Monday Night Football broadcast. The Lion King has made a surprise debut during the Fox Thanksgiving NFL game, and the first trailer for Artemis Fowl debuted the next day without any sort of announcement. So, will we see these? Hopefully. Hopefully in the next couple days we're going to be getting some new, 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 new stuff. And I can't wait to get it. I would love to be able to break some news and be like, you guys, it officially happened. Infinity War is out. I'm so, or the Infinity, the sequel to Infinity War trailer is out. Avengers 4 trailer is here. You guys, we have to watch it, but it's not here. And I'm so sad and sullen. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Comics. This is Journey into Comics 220. As always, you guys can check out the Journey into Comics network at journeyintocomics.com where you get the podcast. You get all the different podcasts on our network, Journey into Comics, Poor Entertainment, Poor News, uh, Journey into Wrestling, Foodies Watching Movies, Adulting Ain't Easy, Podcastrophy, Kids for Sale, The Voice of Survival, Gallop Radio, Bruise with Dudes. New shows coming in January, folks. We promise. You guys can get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or Spotify. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. You'll get all those shows that I said. If you subscribe, we release a show every day of the week. We have a schedule. It's consistent. Every Monday, Journey Into Comics. Every Tuesday is a poor show. That's P-U-H-R. It's pronounced poor, in case you didn't know. Wednesdays are reserved for foodies watching movies or adulting ain't easier journey into wrestling, which is going to be returning to Wednesdays here very shortly after just releasing the last Sunday episode yesterday. Uh, Podcastrophy is holding down the fort on Thursdays. Uh, Kids for Sale. Fridays opposite either the Voice of Survival podcast or Gallif Radio. Bruise with Dudes on every single Saturday. Best of the week on Sunday. Folks, where do you get a podcast network with that much content in one spot? Nowhere. Just us. That's it. We're the ones working like this. Bam, we're the best. Anyways, folks, also go to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a dollar. Early access, exclusive content can be all yours. There's other tiers as well that can get you t-shirts, stickers, all kinds of different crazy stuff. Private phone calls with me where I can help you learn how to become a better podcaster if you're just getting into this for the first time and need to learn some shit. I don't know everything, but I know some stuff. And oh my gosh, folks, can you believe it? We're just a little over a month away from the five-year anniversary of journey into comics podcast man it's been crazy that i've been doing this for that long wild for sure all right folks well i think that's going to do it for this week's episode of journey into comics 220 it's a good movie for dumb people i've been your host nate we will see you guys later as always tip your caps back fill your brains with shit later guys